0: Hey, this is Brian Golden. I am the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church, and I just wanna welcome you to our podcast and thank you for taking the time to listen. And I just wanna let you know if you are in the greater Tampa Bay area, we would love to have you join us at one of our gatherings. And here's the thing about Centerpoint. Our vision is really simple. We wanna be an alternative to church as usual for all people. And that just means we want this to be a safe place that welcomes everybody. Doesn't matter what your background is or really where you're at on your faith journey. And so if you want any more information about our gatherings, Go to our website at centerpointfl.org. And then most importantly, whether you're a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just in that place of investigating faith, I really hope today's message encourages you and really helps you to find life and freedom in Jesus. Hey, what's up, Center Point? Welcome in again wherever you're watching from, not only locally, but uh, all over the country, literally all over the world. Last week, we gave a shout out to Egypt. We've got people everywhere, um, not just watching, but engaging starting groups. So, so glad you're joining us. My name is Bryant. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church. And today, we were supposed to be in part four of the Messy Middle. And in some ways we are, but I did a complete um, redirection in terms of what we were gonna do and what we were gonna talk about in light of everything that's going on in our country and where all of our focus and all of our attention is, I believe rightfully so. And so, in just a moment, I'm joined by a couple friends, CCers, and we're going to have a discussion. Um, originally, on Tuesday, I was meeting with our production team on uh, the late afternoon. Normally, we have everything wrapped up, and we're in the meeting, and I was like, I just don't know if I can preach this message that I've got. I've had it for weeks, but it just doesn't feel right. In fact, I all that day, I was just trying to go over kind of, Finalizing it, finessing it, and I'm like, we gotta go a different direction. And so, originally, we were gonna do an interview with Dr. Um, Jeffrey Singletary, and we had audio issues. We had to tape that ahead of time, so look for that interview coming really, really soon. But I love how it worked out um, to have my friends with us um, Aaron Ramos and um, my friend Jason Quash. Again, like I said, both CCers, both friends, um, both are just very thoughtful around the subjects we're gonna talk about, have had a voice in this. And so wherever you are, I'm just encouraging you for the next little bit to remove as many distractions as you can. Um, if you've got kids, uh, go download Disney Plus and get them watching something if they're not gonna engage in this. And just try to get some uh, really focused time. And here's, here's our goal for this, and we've all talked about this a little bit, is we just wanna have a conversation in um, a discussion and invite other people in. And so my promise is that some of you are gonna like some of what we say. Others of you are going to um, be potentially offended by what we say, get angry. Um, But our goal is to be honest and have an honest conversation. And honestly, what we wanted to do today was model what we're hoping begins to happen, honestly, not only for our church, but for our city and way beyond. So all those emotions are okay. I'm just asking you to stick in all the way to the end and that we could listen to one another. And this could be the starting place of why don't we all do this? Why don't we all sit down and have conversations and realize we don't have to agree on everything, but um, there is unbelievable value in hearing each other out. And so that's what uh, we're gonna do as we look at the events, specifically over these last couple weeks, and the horrific event with George Floyd. Last thing I wanna say, and then I'm gonna open it up for discussion. This is a really easy conversation if your church is very um, just kind of similar across the board, and so you can just throw red meat to whatever side you're on, so you're a liberal church, you're a conservative church. We've never been that, so this is very tricky waters for me. Um, I've heard from a lot of people this week from every side, um, because our, our church has never been that from the beginning. Uh, We we had this unique vision of being an alternative to church as usual and creating a mission to where we would tear away every unnecessary barrier for people to find life and freedom in Jesus. And those were black people and brown people and white people and gay people and straight people and those of a lower socioeconomic status and rich people and people with no religious background, people who couldn't find Exodus in their Bible if their life depended on it, those who've grown up in church. Like That was our goal. And by God's grace, that's what God has created here. We have people on every... Every side of um, the political um, dividing lines, and so all that to say, our church has a responsibility to engage in this discussion, and we have people from all over the place, and so this is an incredible opportunity for us to gather together, have a discussion, and hopefully this be catalytic in what we're praying that God does. And so um, let's just get it kicked off. Like what I want to know from you guys over um, these last many weeks now but these last 2 weeks in particular like just what has been cuz i want to get to the emotional part of it the um the raw kind of part of it and just ask you that like you, you know all of us would say over and over again we we don't have all the answers what i want to know though is what you feel like what have you felt let's just make it more specific as you're watching the footage of george floyd and even watching the response cuz i think that's another thing to talk about like what have you felt?
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, C Sears. Nice to see you. Um, so, for me, uh, I tend to look at comment threads on social media, right? Just to kind of view the landscape of people's perspectives on this issue. And it is so disheartening uh, that the most pushback that we're getting is from people who identify themselves as Christians. And uh, for me personally, I just felt so angry. Like, yesterday, I was just looking at threads, and I know, like, we shouldn't do that, right? Like, that's just such a waste of time when it comes to dealing with a lot of polarizing issues like this, but I just was looking at these comments, and my heart just started beating uncontrollably with just such anger and frustration, and I literally had to put my phone down, you know, put my laptop away, and just really uh, pray and just ask God to just help me with my anger and, the, and what I'm feeling. But Coupled with that, I'm also experiencing a sense of hope as well because I have never, and I know Jason, you can attest to this probably, I've never seen probably such support in regards to uh, what has happened as well, you know? I mean, you have people who are voicing their frustration and opinions, obviously on both sides, but people who are really supporting uh, the movement in regards to like Black Lives Matter and in regards to the death of this particular individual and also these uh, several individuals that have lost their lives this year in regards to different um, things of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a mixed bag of emotions for me personally.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, and it's great to hear your perspective. You know, for me, there's been a lot of time, right, from the initial, when I found out initially into now. And so when put it in two contexts, initially, uh, right, I was outraged. I mean, I felt that rage in the sense of, um, wow, again, you know, wow, so blatant, wow, how did this, you know, in America where someone is just, you know, they're literally already handcuffed, they're not, how did that happen, and how did it, how was it allowed to happen, right, Uh, I mean, even, you know, and again, really shaped by my experience, right, being in, you know, as a service member, Uh, you know, having served overseas as an infantryman, there is an escalation of force, right? Even there that we, against a real enemy that we have to use, right? This is against our citizens. But, you know, but yet again, because he was black, he was African-American, you know, and this isn't the first time, you know? And So there's a systemic issue. And so it went from that aspect of, wow, then to... Man, I pray over my kids. Yeah. Man, I, th- this is the world they're, they're living in. Mm-hmm. Father, help me to teach them to treat all people, right, with dignity and respect. Right. Father, help me to pray for those people who are, you know, who, are, who may have a different perspective about this. Mm-hmm. You know, immediately, you know, and I, I run, you know, every morning. So just about. and So on my runs, I was just praying. Yeah. Just praying on the runs. Praying for people all over. And praying for, you know, that that we would all come to this awareness of identifying the issue, right? And then being able to correct the issue in love and move forward. Yeah. So
0: you just mentioned something. I want to just touch on this uh, briefly. Because... We talked a lot about this, but I think it's worth bringing up again is immediately like guys like me, honestly, um, not to overgeneralize, but want to reach for, you know, maybe it's an isolated incident or, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but we want to wait for the facts and we want to wait for more information. And uh, you mentioned the word systemic. And uh, I know a lot of people are going to think we're just pulling a word, you know, out of. But it's it's an appropriate word. And so, like, there's this this systemic um, injustice. Uh, that a lot of times we don 't want to acknowledge, and there 's also like personal history that you 're coming with, so like what, what what is your view from that side of it as you watch something like that? and um, this is something that has been now years of me trying to get educated on because I haven 't experienced any of that but but this issue of systemic racism that goes back a long time, and your own personal histories that you 're bringing to it that cannot be divorced. Um, so so, how did you view things and how and i 'm going to say it again, how did you view responses in regard to that
1: just oh, you mean in regards to like how people respond to this issue or um.
0: yeah, so they respond to the issue, but again we we constantly like our, our communications director uh, i don 't know if this is original with her, but she uses the term we we immediately want to go to like all these what about isms you know um, and but what about and we can 't Stop and pause long enough to just focus on the issue at hand. Not saying all those other issues are not important, but there is gross (laughs) injustice that I'm not sure how you can deny it, though many people are denying it. That you watch and you look at, but still, even in that, maybe in a way to appease our conscience, we want to go, but I'm not really sure it's that bad. And yet, there's this whole systemic um, history and there's a personal history that you're coming in with. So I guess that's what I'm asking is like, what does that trigger for you?
1: Well, I think the issue is people see it or people think that it primarily matters when it happens to a large number of group of people. Like that's only the indicator where it actually matters. But the actuality is that if it happens to one person, one statistic, it matters. And I know for me, as far as what I've seen personally in my history and how what I've experienced, and I've never shared this publicly, so this, forgive me if I don't really share this the right way uh, or the way I think I should intend to share it, but I was driving, this was maybe in my early 20s, I was driving uh, to a church event in Lakeland, and I was passing by the road that leads to Sun and Fun, you know, the little air attraction that they have in Lakeland, and there was this long line uh, to get into the Sun and Fun entrance, but I wanted to just simply pass the line continue to go to the church function, right? So me and my friend, who's also Puerto Rican, uh, we're in the car, and we're just simply waiting, driving, driving. So we get to the point where uh, there's a couple cops, and they're basically uh, advising whoever's going to the Sun Fund, please just turn in, like everyone. Uh, They're basically trying to say that we're blocking the road in a sense, but it was clear that you can just go continuously to the road. There's like no roadblocks, you know, no, you know, anything hindering for us to go where we needed to go. So I just rolled down my window and excuse me, officer, I'm not going to the in Fund. I just want to continue on to the road. He goes, pull over. And I was just, I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me. He goes, pull the F over. That's what he said to me. So I pull over. I'm like, okay, I'm not sure exactly what's happening here. His partner comes up to the car and, you know, gives us a spiel, license or registration. Gave my license, whatever. So what's the problem, officer? And he screams at me, are you stupid? Now, I'm just perplexed here because I've been sitting in this line for 20 minutes just trying to continue on and go to where I need to go to my destination. And I'm like, excuse me, sir? He's like, are you stupid? And I was like, uh, no, I'm, I don't, I'm not stupid. I just want to go to where I need to go. And he just starts berating me and accusing me of actually, when, we, when I pulled over, he actually accused me of almost hitting his partner. Like, literally accused me of almost hitting his partner. So he accuses me of that. And then he asked, and then he also even accused me of skipping the line as far as, like, trying to pass other cars when I was literally in there for 20 minutes in the same line as everybody else. And mind you, while I was pulled over, and this is just a scenario in this situation. Let me just preface this, guys. I'm not saying all cops are like this, all right? I just have to preface that. We know there are good cops out there, okay? But just from my experience and my situation, this is what happened. So while I was pulled over and why this guy was berating me in my face, it just so happens that a family, a white family in a minivan skirted on. While me and my brown friend were just getting berated by this officer. And luckily, he just decided to just let us go and move on our way. So as far as in regards to, like, my experience, it definitely informs A lot, you know, it's just, that's just the reality when it comes to these type of situations.
0: Yeah. And statistics are helpful at some level, but this is the thing that's been really almost shocking for me is talking to a bunch of friends that, um... All of them kind of have the same story of like, whatever the statistics are, I'm just telling you what I've experienced and what I felt. At the end of the day, yeah. Um, a lot of times it's not going to show up in a statistic. And mm-hmm. I just think, again, regardless of you want to immediately jump to all your narratives, or if we could just stop and, and just listen to that. And then when you do it with five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten friends like I have over the last week, and all the stories are the same, and they've all got different political persuasions and different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet all have, like, a similar story. It, like hits, it just causes you to rethink Yeah, things. It
1: hits differently when it's someone you know. And I think that's the key thing. You know, a lot of people can't experience this because it's something that they've never really gone through. But when you know someone that has gone through this, it just touches your heart differently.
2: Yeah, I think, so, you know, to answer your question, and, and, and it echoes what Aaron has, has already said, right? Um, it's an isolated incident. Only happened one time, uh, you know. And this attitude of apathy yeah. right that 's what it is it's an attitude of apathy right um, Jesus went after the one yeah. amen yeah Jesus went after the one I got it ninety nine are straight yeah. right we're good there's still that one sheep out there yeah. right you know you know again i'm shaped by my by my experience as well you know and my experience in combat. There are plenty of missions you know earlier on in my career where I went after the one, right, I had to go save the one. Mm-hmm. And so, when you think about that, you know, and there's one in particular that I think about, I didn't care who that one was, right. gotta go get, go, I gotta go get that one, yeah. right, that's our job, yeah. right? So that's the mission of the church, amen? Right. Right. That's the mission of the church. Yeah. If not Christians, then who? Yeah. So the mission of the one, yeah. right? Let's just echo that, you know, for me personally, um, so going to the personal experience, you know, I was in. I, I, you know, I, there, there been there been. You know, we all have quite a few. Um, but let me also say this, okay. You deal with those in you know situations and realize those are individuals, and that not everybody of that background thinks that way, right? right? So that you know, I want to make sure that we you know that. The enemy doesn't divide us, but unites us in that way, and that's the purpose of this. So as you're watching this, just realize, please understand that, right? But you have to listen, right? You have to listen to understand, right? Paul says, I've become like them So, to win a few. Understand, listen, cultural IQ. So growing up for me, right, both in my background and, and both in my family, we, we've, we've had, you know, throughout generations, right? I, I We shared it in the podcast, um, you know, my great-great-great-great-grandfather was a runaway slave from Thomas Jefferson's plantation. My great-grandfather, or uh, excuse me, my grandfather uh, on my father's side served in World War II. My my grandfather on my mother's side. Uh, so my grandfather, who I was very close with, um, you know, he had to be moved. He only had a seventh-grade education because he had to be moved around um, because he was falsely accused, kind of like an Emmett Till scenario, right? And a lot of people say, oh, Emmett Till was— uh, that was just a one-off. No, during that time, there was quite a few. Of, there was qu- quite a few incidents of that. My grandfather was in an incident like that. They had to move him because the KKK was trying to kill him. Yeah, so this is your grandfather. This is my grandfather. Like great, great this is, great, is not, this not my great. This is my grandfather who literally drove me to swim practices every day. I mean, you know, and the only reason I knew that because I remember when I was younger, um, we were driving somewhere and I was reading a sign and and he read the sign, but you know, I didn't know if he read it correctly. And, uh, you know, so then, then upon asking my mother and, and family, like, yeah, you know, your grandfather did this. But my grandfather still went on to be successful, right? But this is something I say that in the sense of this is very real. My, his grandfather, right, was his grandfather. So my great-great-grandfather uh, was, uh, was a slave to my great-great-grandmother, right? So this is 1800s, Right? So they didn't know, they, they, the reason they got around, they had to pretend that he was basically, not pretend, but basically act like he was her slave, right? Um, and so there's a lot of history. Yeah. So we all bring a bit of history. This is yeah. not, this is, there's history along both sides of the family, you know? And so I, I go back to, again, my personal experience with this, and, and I'm saying that because it puts it in context. Growing up, say, yeah. hey, look, you have to understand, you know, the world's a little bit different for you right? You understand, you have to know your, what we call it, know your operational environment. You, you know, <laughs> right, wrong, or indifferent, that's the world, okay? You have to understand that, right? That's, that's, the, what, that's what you grow up knowing. Hey, you're going to be, you got you to gotta try harder because it's going to be, you're going to get criticized or you're going to get analyzed, you know, 10 times worse. So you better, you understand, you have to succeed. You go in knowing that knowledge. You better be, hey, around cops, you better, you better, both hands on a steering wheel. Whatever they say, you better do. You want to come home. You know, that's, what we, that's the message we get as young, you know, right, as young, you know, men of color growing up in America. So, you know, I remember I was, a, you know, I, great grades in high school. Um, I remember as a freshman, I was a delegate uh, on the freshman class. We had a homecoming parade. I know I mentioned this in my podcast, but for those who didn't see it, we had a homecoming parade, uh, and I had a pass to get into uh, the parade, uh, right and so that the, the theme was the class so I was class of 2000 right so class 2000 on wheels everybody bring your skateboard and your bike and we're going to be in the parade so I come up to the gate and I have my my bike with me and the uh, the police officers you know I'm seeing police officers stop me now I've got a pass from the you know from the student delegation the teachers I've got a pass to just go uh, into the into the event and they stop me they frisk me they say hey Come on over, I mean they, I mean they pat they they literally hold me up, pat me down and the, the officer says this isn't says, like
0: standard procedure like this, this is not standard procedure. This is game,
2: like you are, and I have a pass. <laughs> <laughs> right? I am like just supposed to the be the guy who like, you know, hey, I'm with the, I'm with the you know, the setup crew, right? I mean like I've got a pass. They frisk me down uh and the police officer says we have to make sure you don't have a gun. I'm I'm in the ninth grade. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> you know now i went to a predominantly white neighborhood i mean a, a predominantly white school okay and i got it i understand it you know i mean i, I graduated i was the only african american in the national arts i get it you know i understood my operational environment but it still did not make it right yeah right it still did not make it right so i end up getting into the to the i end up getting into the uh the parade and i missed the first the first the beginning parade before the before the event so we're in the halftime and i'm in the parade i'm going around and I tell all my friends, right? And, and there's a message with it. I tell all my friends what happened, and they're just—they're also stunned, right? So they're also stunned. Again, not about color, about what's right. They're also stunned. All different backgrounds, right? But mostly white. So we're in the—we're in the parade, and it's in halftime, and we're coming around, you know, the the track there. These two cops just come running straight at me, right? And they're yelling at me like, "We told you to put your bike back down," and they're just at this point. And I just see these two guys, you know, these, these two cops running at me. And one, you know, you know you see, you're watching their hand, right? And their hand is going, you know, going to the side. And at that point, I, I am just like, what's going to happen? I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, how is this going to end? This may not end well. And even though I'm here, I mean, this may not end well. Here's what happened. Every student on the class officer that was in, in that freshman class with me They turned and looked at those cops and said, you literally yelled at them, he's with the parade. They stopped. They stopped right in their tracks. And they stopped, looked at each other, and turned around and went about Mm -hmm. their business. So the message is, right, in this story, right, again, my experience, and there are others, but the message of that is that it takes all of us. It takes all of us, Mm -hmm. right? This thing takes all of us to recognize the wrong and then to write as Christians, as the body of Christ, right, to not allow those things to occur. In that case, literally raising
0: their voices made a difference. Made Um, made a difference. So this is the thing we're going to keep coming back to. Unless you sit down and have these conversations, I'm just telling you, you don't have any— context for that like so again I just want to keep urging no matter what background or what you know political affiliation and we'll talk about that maybe in a second like to just sit and listen to that like that's so foreign to me and to to hear about family history and and all the stuff that you're coming in with that has to affect the way you view things it has to affect the way you see things Um, and just this like just talk about this systemic issue a little bit more for a second because I think both all three of us uh, listened to a little bit of Dr. Anita Phillips. um, And originally, Aaron, I think you were the one that sent it to me. And there's some great information. We maybe will link that. Um, But it it just, it really gives some good insight. Like not long ago, we had somebody that we know kind of offhanded comment. um, Hey, like slavery ended a long time ago. Like, why don't we just, why don't we just get over it? Um, And that's I mean that's, I don't even know if I want to deal with it, but that those kind of statements are pretty prevalent. Uh, one of the things Dr. Anita Phillips talks about is it's not like you can have a nation built on slavery, and son, suddenly that that ends, or you know, Brown versus Education and whatever, 1953, 1954, and and the what she calls it the dehumanizing mindsets just leaves culture and that we don't, we no longer carry them. And so I think just speaking to that, I mean, one thing I thought about is just this to, to try to uh, highlight how close this is. Like when I was growing up, I'm not that old, like churches, a large majority of churches um, still taught against interracial marriage. Like we're not talking about in the 60s. I wasn't alive in the 60s. We're talking about when I grew up like in the 80s and in the early 90s. Um, they, would, they would teach against, or sometimes it was kind of, you know, it wasn't explicitly taught, but this, this whole idea of, of using, taking verses out of context and teaching against this. So that's just one example of how close this is. To think that we're far removed, I just think is my own experience tells me that that's not true, right? So, talk a little bit about that, like shifting the conversation a little bit to that dehumanizing mindset to where we may have this idea of like, well, I'm not a racist or I, you know, I try to treat people well, or, you know, I have a African American friend at work and we get along and and without recognizing um, that there are still these mindsets that are so embedded in culture.
1: I think the issue is what contributes to that is primarily Christians in regards to uh, believers. The, whether you're conservative or you consider yourself a liberal, they let the political ideology inform a lot of their theology. And what I've come across and what I kind of came to this understanding is the gospel is an ancient message, right? It's a far near Eastern ancient message that predates U.S. democracy. So everything that we abide by in regards to the gospel is totally different than what we as in the United States or around the world would actually live out, you know? So I'm finding that as far as the answer to answer your question, the reason why there's such an issue, I believe is because we are starting at the wrong place in regards to how to deal with these issues. We're thinking culturally instead of like biblically, you know what I'm saying? In regards to believers, you know, Christians specifically speaking.
2: Yeah. That's good. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And i you know, it's, it's interesting to me. Um, because we take a lot of time when we, in, in other areas, right, whether it's business, military, we take a lot of time to understand the cultures of other countries and the dynamics, right that their people uh, have gone through for generations, because we understand that no one cares what you know until they know that you care. So You have to understand and put it in the context to gain cultural IQ, right? The gospel, and I go back to that, right? Missionaries understand that, right? I mean, I've I've literally led a church in Japan and Korea at the same time while being in the service. You have to understand people's background. You have to understand the culture and how God is moving in that culture. We have a lot of subcultures in America, so we have to understand that. Our history in America, whether we like it or not, it is history. It is fact. Right, slavery is a part. It was a part of our history, right? A a bad part of our history. But we have to understand that, and then understand what has been derived from, in order to overcome it. Amen. Because that's what we're called to do. We we're called to be more than overcomers, right? We got to live in the kingdom. I mean, our prayer is that the kingdom right would come to earth, right? That that's so. We have to understand that if we're going to operate in that way. So, slavery. When we look at that, it was all, it was. You know, so long ago. No, 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 no. The trauma over years, over generations of what that led to, right? And how that was then in, in not in, it's in, not necessarily in the physical institution, right? But in the mental application, Mm, right? Of how it has been manifested, right? Is what then spiritually hasn't now comes out and also has an effect too, where the enemy's trying to, right? Maintain that Maintain the control. And so you can't start talking about how you're going to be, how we're, you know, we're going to be salt and light if we don't understand that, right? Because that's how the enemy operates. So if we want to overcome this thing, then we have to understand all of those intricacies behind it in order to what? In order to reach a few, in order for his kingdom to come on earth. So, so if I don't understand your perspective, if I don't understand your background, then how am I going to really relate to you? Do I really love you as my neighbor? Yeah. Do I really? or do I not care, right? Let's be honest, do I not really care? And when I
0: cannot acknowledge your pain, no matter what else I say, I'm communicating, I don't
2: care about you. Absolutely, you know, and so, and so again, so okay, and people would say, right, well, you know, that's great, you said all this stuff, well, what's a biblical context, right? And I go back to, well, you, you know, let's, so let's look in, you know, Luke, if you look in uh, Luke nine, right? So in Luke 10, excuse me, Luke 10, 25, right? Let's talk about the Good Samaritan. Well, what, pre, what, what actually led to the passage of the Good Samaritan? You got to read before that, right? You know, right? a lawyer, a man of the law asked Christ. Because he was trying to, and you read that scripture, a man of the law, a lawyer asked Christ, what do I got to do to inherit the internal life, right? And I could just imagine Jesus saying like, Okay, I'm going to get you, because you, you really just opened up, a, you know, a whole yeah, other, right, yeah. you know, and, and, and then, then he tells him right, love the Lord your God as all, you know, all your heart, all your mind, you know, and then all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, yeah. right, and then it says, right, then the lawyer's, like, trying to catch it, because he's trying to justify, literally, the word, he's trying to justify something he did, and he says, well, who is my neighbor, right, because and he's referring to Psalm 139, right, where there's this righteous indignation for anything that's evil, you know, including people of different backgrounds, according to the law, right, Gentiles and Samaritans. And so then Jesus says, yeah, so there was this guy. there's this guy walking on the road, right, and he got mobbed by these, these people. They beat this almost to death, it says. A priest came by. A priest, yeah. right? And he just looked at other, just walked by, saw him. He was half dead. A Levite, right? Levites are the ones who helped the priest, right? weren't
1: the worshipers, basically. They're, right, yeah. come
2: on now. And he passed them by. And he goes on, but then he says, there is a Samaritan, right? Not a person of this background. And we know this guy was a traveler, right? So the guy was a traveler, and, and so he had a, he have some kind of statue, maybe a different economic statue, right? Different racial statutes. See, this is why Jesus turned, this is why Jesus turned everything on its head, right? This is why the Pharisees said, oh, we got to kill that guy, right? 100%. (laughs) Right? Amen. He said, then this guy didn't do that. He looked on him with compassion is what the word says. He looked on him with compassion, took out what? Took out, it says oil Mm -hmm. and wine, one, right? Yep. So the oil, if I remember correctly, right, oil to, was used as healing. It's like a first aid kit mm-hmm. right back in the day. Oil used for healing, Why wine used for an antiseptic, right? So I'm going to stop the pain. I'm going to stop the pain. Then I'm going to bring the healing.
1: Yeah. One person.
2: Come on now. One, One person. person. Everybody else them by. I'm going to stop the pain. I'm going to produce the healing. And then I'm going to go even further. I'm going to put you in an end, Right. I'm going to put you somewhere where you can be safe. I'm going to provide security, mm. right? Now, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not talking about a, you know, and because, again, we got to make sure that we don't, you know, this is not a political, I'm not talking about you know, a communist way of thinking you know, or anything like that because <laughs> people will take it that way. What I'm talking about is the gospel, yes, right? I'm yes, ta- we want to make sure this is clear. We're talking about the gospel. Yes. I'm going to, I'm not good enough It's not good enough if you are, right? Mm. What is love? You're a follower of Christ. I love you. I'm going to put you in a place where you're secure. I'm going to put you in a place where you can get healed. I'm going to put you in a place where we can have restoration, right? And then what? Hey, watch this guy for me. Take care of him. Yeah. I got to go handle some business. Look at
1: what the Samaritan did. He didn't defer responsibility, right? He actually saw the injustice
2: and he acted. And he acted on it. So when we say that, so all the history, that happened before the Samaritan got there. So now let's take that into context. Yeah, slavery happened a long time. But there's a lot that happened. So there's a lot that happened before we got here, Mm -hmm. right? The pain is still there. So what do we have to do, right, in order for the Spirit of God, for the Spirit of God to take hold, right? And so that freedom, right, Christ came, right, it's for freedom that he came. So that freedom would reign. That's That's the kind of approach. Yeah right? When he says, and then Jesus says, go and do the same. So yeah. that's his response to who's my neighbor and that you should love your neighbor yeah. as yourself. Go and do the same. And the one you show mercy to. Yeah. Yeah. That's your and, neighbor.
0: And we talk about the gospel, like number one, the gospel frees us from guilt. So this is not, Amen. you know, you didn't create this, but you have to understand it in order to be a part of the healing. And Amen. Then the gospel gives the answer to that because yes. I, like all of us, have nothing to offer. Like if we really wanna take this, like just speak to Jesus followers for a second, wherever you're at, if we can just remove everything else. All of us are in desperate need of rescue and a savior. Like Jesus 100%. leveled the playing field yes. to go, hey, you are desperate, like you need me. James talks a lot about this. So that just, it takes away any any pride, any arrogance, and allows me to go like everybody needs extended what I have received across every race, yes, every amen. class, amen. whatever dividing wall that you can imagine. Like that's, that's where the gospel speaks to all of this, right? Yes, and-, and I just want to go back to what you said because so many miss, miss how racially charged that story was that Jesus told. Like it's Samaritans were, were seen as half-breeds. Yeah, yeah. Is
1: yes. yeah. it funny that he actually purposely used a Samaritan to explain that story. Yes. Because I know in some uh, translations, correct me if I'm wrong, he was a despised Samaritan. Mm -hmm. That's what they actually called him. So it's funny that it took a person who probably experienced a lot of hate, you know, a lot of racism to actually be empathetic and help the one yeah. who needed it. And it's, it's not help. even
0: probably. The Samaritans in the first century yeah, they that, were right? hated and despised. And they didn't you didn't need to know their their individual story. As a group, if you're a Jewish person, you wanted nothing to do with them. And Jesus takes a Samaritan, highlights them, attaches good to their name so that all throughout history, and we lose it, it's not a big deal to us, to a Jewish person that was unbelievably offensive, that now every time Samaritan would be mentioned throughout history it would be the good Samaritan. And Jesus was constantly picking out a group, a person, an individual, and highlighting them. Hey, all little children, come to me. Will you not care about us? Right now, I wanna focus on the children because in first century culture, you don't view children as people. I'm gonna to go to a Samaritan woman. That's gonna be kind of a two for one, a Samaritan and a woman. You didn't do that in that culture, Jesus did. I'm gonna to go to Matthew's house. You don't wanna hang out with us? You're not the point of the story right now. People like Matthew are being marginalized, so I'm gonna move in the direction. So, let me, so let's talk about Black Lives Matter.
2: Yeah, so, that so, leads me no, right. right
0: into that. And I know so, that's racially right. sharp. So, so, so. so I want to talk about this with a little nuance of not, uh, not just Absolutely. black, white, nope. wrong, right, bad, right. evil, like bad, good. Like, like, let's talk about the little nuance where we just don't throw everything out yep. without, again, hearing a little bit of the context behind it. So let me set it up that I mean, way.
1: the basic definition is where you as far as where black lives matter. Because people know that there's an organization, right? And then there's the movement. And a lot of people like to kind of like muddle the waters between the two because obviously there's stuff on their website that as a Christian believer, you wouldn't necessarily, you know, believe in as well. And I think people like to keep pointing to the actual organization and just disregard the actual movement itself. So, I mean, it's just to basically break it down is just advocating the lives of the unhurt, which are right now in regards to what's happening recently is just our fellow black brothers and sisters who are experiencing this. I mean, that's just essentially what it is.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, Aaron hit it on the head, right? You got to understand, you know, again, as a as a believer, you can separate. I mean, we're mature enough Thank to you. be able to separate, Thank right, the, the, the two things, right? I mean, if it's to not be in line, mature we're supposed to, to be. Right. But but then, you're right. And, and I just say, right, um, that's the charge, right? Be mature enough. God has given you the authority and, and the wisdom, Come right, on. to Sermon. be able to and have to discern. Okay, so let's let's make sure first that 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 is clear, right? Dr. King said it's not where we stand in times of right comfort and convenience, but in times of trials and controversy, right? So understand where you stand, right? So you stand because Black Lives. The 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 the, the message, right? Let's go again. So we've clarified this. The message. Goes back to, and I, and I say this is very specific. The message goes back to, right, the person who's been disenfranchised, the group that's been disenfranchised, right, is how we would maybe put it in right. another term, right? The group that's been dehumanized, right? Fact. This is, we're not even talking, about, we're not talking opinion, we're talking fact. So, does that person's life matter? Yes. And if you can say yes, then you got no issue, Here. period, because yes, I got it, all lives matter. The person being disenfranchised, that doesn't take, the person who, black lives, people that look like me, right? And which I think is, which I think is just, you know, amazing, and again, it goes to show that I've got, I'm, I'm African American, German Jew, Cherokee and I've got so much in me, but Roger, black lives, right? Because, because the world we live in sees this, right? Yeah. Black lives matter. A person matters. If we can agree to that, which we all should, right? It's not, it's not devaluing anyone else. It's not saying someone else is, is lesser or greater. It's just saying that's the person who's been disenfranchised right now. I am standing in agreement. That person's life matters. Yeah. Black lives matter because Jesus loves them just as much yeah. as he loves me. That's it. So yeah. if
0: you were to remove the race part of this, and we were just in church having a conversation, if somebody told me that they did not matter, I'm going to rush in their direction to do everything I can to show them that they matter. And we've done that with our church with Mm. multiple groups Mm. centering around multiple different things to go, hey, just so you know, you matter. Regardless of your sexual orientation, you Mm. matter. Go on down the line. And that's, I love what you said, and that's exactly what Jesus did. When Jesus is highlighting a Samaritan, is he saying Jewish people don't matter? Of course he's not. When he's going to Matthew's house and going, all the rest of you are not invited, is he saying that they are not they're not worthy. or Of course not. It's,
1: it's like using this analogy. It's like my wife saying, you know, Aaron, do you love me? And that's like me responding, honey, I love everyone. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I, I love everybody. Not just you, I love everybody. You know? So, I mean, like, just take that into consideration when you're, you know, thinking about these things. You know? and, I,
2: yeah. and I think, you know, it's to, again, I mean, so the heart, right, and I go back. So what does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly, right? Out of Micah, right? What does love what the Lord require of you? I think when we ask yourself, what does the Lord require of you, right? Does that mean that to all people, right? And that's true. But in this particular situation,
0: yeah.
2: in this particular situation, right, that doesn't devalue anybody else. That doesn't devalue anyone else. Highlighting one people group doesn't disparage another. It doesn't. It does does not. And and so, and so when we start, you know, when we start taking things, and that's where this the the humility and that seed of jealousy, you know, you start seeing. Big words. Humility. That's a powerful word. Right. Right. You don't see the humility, and instead you see the jealousy, right? And it's like, brother, no one's jealous of like. We're just, we're just helping the person who's been disenfranchised, the group that's been disenfranchised, the people that have been dehumanized, right? I mean, do we say that? Do we, will we say that same thing, um, you know, if we saw an atrocity, you know, and this was 1944 and the Jews were getting, I mean, would we say something? I mean, let's, come on now. Come on. Let's be real. I
1: mean, how many times has Centerpoint posted something on sex, sex trafficking or posted something in regards to uh, helping hungry children? And we are, we'll applaud that, right? You know, we're so for that because we notice an injustice. But the moment race is put into the conversation, suddenly it's a political issue. And I just find it crazy crazy that that's the conclusion that we come to. Like,
0: I feel like we're getting really honest now. But that's the (laughs) thing that amazes me is (laughs) that people are so quick to cheer uh, and pat you on the back uh you you preach about yep. anything on. else you See them post they're getting, on and, it, and then the moment this, you start that. to cuz we we talked about it all but the moment you start to go after their idols they get really 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 mad and, angry. and, that's and what they'll it cheer is. you for a long time but the moment you start to go yeah but there's also this area there's also this issue but man it is so i mean it's so deeply intertwined i think and and i think at some point we'll get to this part of the conversation with our our political views and mm-hmm. us Really, I think, gravitating toward the wrong kingdom, like everything we 're talking about with jesus stories yeah. was because Jesus was introducing an upside down kingdom they were wet ready for him to come in and rule and return Israel to its golden age, like make Israel great again. And Jesus had a different <laughs> agenda to go, no, no, this, it's not about any of those things. On, yep. right. This is a bigger kingdom that's bigger than Israel. Yes. It's bigger than this nation. It's bigger than the world. It's bigger than your race and your ethnicity. And all of those things matter because I created them, but I'm creating a greater kingdom and yes. a bigger kingdom that tears down all of those dividing walls. Yes. So it's why in Colossians, Paul was able to say, first reference to egalitarianism, I believe in all of literature. There's no more Jew, there's no more Greek, Mm -hmm. There's no more Scythian. There's no more slave. Mm -hmm. There's no more free. Again, all of those distinctions matter. But now you being a follower of Jesus matters a lot more. And it's why we should be able to set our politics aside for a second. And I'll just say this, Galatians 5.16. Paul said it, the only thing that counts is your faith expressing itself yes. through love. So if the way that we have handled this or posted about this or talked about this does not fit into that, then we have missed what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And we yes. probably love our politics, and we've probably done a lot more Fox News watching or CNN watching than we right. have read our, reading our Bible.
2: So, you know, I mean, get, right, you're hitting We're preaching now, right? I, mean, we're, we're, we're <laughs> I was going to be more reserved, on, but you know, guys... We're, right, we're sorry, bringing it now. Give
0: me a cue because I don't feel done. Um, <laughs> so, you let me know the absolute last cutoff here and we'll be done.
2: So, what you said, right, in, in that holistic aspect, and again, I go back to your question, right? Your question, Black Lives So, you know, what that tells to, the, to someone like me, right? And I had this conversation with, with someone I deeply respect, and, and, it, and they were then able to go out and then, and then stand on, on ground after this. You know, this person who I had worked with previously. And um, where I had immediately said, "Hey, this is wrong." With the last, with the George Floyd issue, and here's here's the concern I have, and what do we do as Christians, and how we should respond to people? And I said, "Hey, you know, just just I agree with you, but right, I agree with you, but but I want you to, you know, to you know be cautious because you know, and I and I just started talking to them about this, right? And I said, "Hey," and they started talking about people in their formation and, and things of that nature, or they worked with rather. And, um, and I said, hey, well, just, just so you know, um, you've got people that, that may be working for you that look like me. And guess what? They're looking too. They're looking too. And what you don't say says a lot. Yeah. And, so, and so when you don't say we matter, when you don't, and this, is, and, and this is, and it's not just, and again, the trauma, right? It's not the first time. It's repeated over it, and like an abuser uh, over and over it. Okay, here we go again. Yep. So you're actually almost, and it's sad because you know, it's almost like expecting it now. Yep. yep don't expect them to say anything, you know, but that's where, you know, so, so the over and over again, I said, I said, remember you've got people like me looking at you wondering, are you going to say something this time? Are you going to speak for truth this time? Finally, something's going to say, are you going to do it? I said, yeah. that says something to us too. And, and that's the, you know, and, and, and at the end of the day, and so that person then took that, I mean, it immediately stopped them. I'll tell you, right after that, they went on to just to, to make a statement, mm. and the response that person got, and they said, thank you so much, you freed me. Yeah. Know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Yeah. It freed that person to stand for what the truth was, was that yes, African Americans in America their lives matter. The injustice will not be tolerated, right? I'm not, and that person did not fall to the Matthew 23, 23 of woe unto you Pharisees, right? You bring in all this, you bring in the money and all this stuff into the storehouse, into the temple, but you fail to execute justice and mercy. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, you're, you, you, you know, he talks about you're, you're straight out of that, but then, yeah. right? And, and the point of that is that you, you look at all the little things of the law, but you're failing, you're missing the big picture, you're missing the big picture here, which is to love your neighbor, na- love, love your neighbor, yeah. right? So so again, that's that's the sentiment of black, you know, when, when you say Black Lives Matter, so.
0: Uh, well, I was just gonna add to that the... I had several people this week um, say things to me, not not out of, I think, a genuine concern of like, you're going to make a lot of people upset or a lot of people angry. And one of the best statements I heard this last week was from um, Pastor Stephen Furtick, where he talked about really pursuing ethnic diversity and racial diversity in his church. And he said, but to, to pursue that and then not speak against injustice, like, what am I doing? Just arranging the aesthetic, you know, where you're just talking about it, but you don't. And so, This this almost makes me emotional because, number one, that statement of you make people mad, I don't care because the the gospel of Jesus Christ, like what he introduced, is so countercultural that it is going to, like, here's the thing we've talked about this before. The primary role of Jesus was not to come and comfort, that's the Holy Spirit's role. Jesus' primary role was to come and disrupt, and he disrupted everything. When they thought he was gonna take his seat with the religious leaders, he turned over their tables. Like everything about it was disruptive. And so it's okay to be disruptive if it's if it's speaking up for injustice and what is ultimately, and this is what hurts me so much, is to to talk about this as if it's a political issue. Like this is a left or right thing, which is even over this last week is what we've made it rather than a, the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light. Jesus' kingdom versus the earth's kingdom. This is deeply personal. This is me talking to brothers and sisters over this last week with tears in their eyes, and I have the responsibility to pastor them. Right. Like, this is a diverse church with diverse political view. I mean, people have no idea how diverse it actually is until you sit in the seat of leadership and you hear from all the different perspectives. Or you see the Facebook posts. And you yeah, and for, see their Facebook posts, which I try not to do. But been called to pastor them and mourn with them and weep with them. And I think the thing that you were touching on earlier, I just wanted to say is, is just, I think Christians need to step back into the form of being able to think and be able to live with nuance. And what I mean by that is to be able to realize that that things have complexity and layers. And we don't have to go, just because you're highlighting this, it, it doesn't mean that you know, burning buildings or rioting is, is right. Nobody, nobody's saying that. Like, let's, let's think. Let's think with complexity and layers. Let's, let's think with nuance. And it's not saying that other things and other groups don't matter. But this is a watershed moment for our nation where when all of culture is looking at this. And it's not enough to say, I'm not a racist. You have to speak up against the injustice, no matter who it ticks off and no matter who it offends, because that was Jesus' primary thing the night before he's gonna be betrayed. If you guys forget everything else, I want you to love other people the way I've loved you. Don't forget that. And a lot of us, we have forgotten that. And we are clinging to political power and to whatever we want in terms of our nice little comfortable lives in the West. And we've forgotten we are foreigners and strangers and this is not our home. And you and I are gonna live in eternity together forever. Like this is a forever relationship. We better start having conversations now and learning how to love each other.
2: Yeah, and you know, in in the thing, you, you hit the nail on the head, right? It's look, this is not about, this is, this is, Nothing to do with, you know, any anything political. This is, the, you know, again as believers, it is about what is right. What is right before God? What is right? We are supposed to right. I mean, we we you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not in anything else. First, right? You could say holy if you want to. You are the righteous, you are supposed to be an ambassador for Christ. Yeah. That's who we are, yeah. right? Above and we, we, we have to, above everything else, you are a kingdom citizen first. Have a kingdom mindset. And so what is the kingdom? What does the kingdom do for everyone? What would the kingdom citizen do in this situation, mm. right, to be in the world but not of the world? Yeah. What did you, right? And so... And, and I just wanted to mention this. So, right, as the body of Christ, right, so people are asking, well, what, do I, what, do I, what can I do? Yeah, that's you know, my
0: next question. Like, what, what's the way forward? Yeah. What do we do? What's, what's the hope that we give people? Because it's easy, easy to honestly fall into despair yeah. in some ways, but the gospel gives hope. So that's what I want to hear from you guys. I yeah.
1: think, especially for believers, because we like to point to Scripture, you know, when it comes to these polarizing things. So I would advise to look at Scripture. Let's start there, okay, and let's be sure not to come to the wrong conclusions based off what we're reading in the Bible. And a second thing, I would encourage those who are wanting to have such a debate on social media, be careful who you respond to, and I would challenge you to evaluate the relationship you have with the individual that is posting on social media, whether it's for this issue or against this issue because i think true connection and true empathy will not occur unless you develop a relationship with the individual if this is your uncle's second far removed cousin who you met one time at you know the family gathering you know during my aunt's you know funeral that's not probably a good individual to kind of engage with so i would encourage you to just evaluate the relationships you guys have And instead of maybe posting it on a public forum, maybe actually have a connection or or actual conversation with them. DM, via DM, Zoom call, you know, something. Because what you'll find, man, that people have a less bark to their bite when it comes. Is that the right analogy? Okay. I just want to make sure I'm saying that correctly. You'll find that when you actually have a conversation with them, those particular things that they maybe stood for, they maybe actually would listen to you because what? There's a connection there that you have with the yeah, individual. That's good.
2: So that's I would good. maybe
1: take that into consideration.
2: That's good. Yeah. So you know, that that's great, Aaron. I mean I just echo that in this in the same sentiment, right? It, it, it's about knowing people. You know, you don't have to go, right? So at the end of the day, we've 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 all talked about this as, you know, for what it is, as a believer looking at the issue, you've been asking your whole life, Lord, you know, where can I go to, you know, where's my mission field, where's my calling, your calling's right outside your front door, right, here, I mean, the relationships you have, right, there are many parts of the body, right, if there's many parts of the body, you don't have to go, where are you, what has God gifted you, the people where you're at right now, you are being a beacon of hope, right, or or you're not, and so, where God has placed you. Some people are called to, to peacefully go out there and protest. Some people are called to pastor a church. Some people are called to be in the military. Some people are called to worship. Some people, wherever you're at, be salt and light. Don't allow and don't, don't allow for that mindset and that, you know, this idea and this injustice to occur. And at the same time, have the conversation. Yeah. Don't shy away. You know, it is an opportunity. That is the door God has given you as an opportunity to speak truth and to share love, and to do all of those things. It starts, because the strategy, you know, at the end of the day, right, systematic, a, a systematic uh, issue such as racism doesn't, it cannot be solved, right, even though we're emotional, it cannot be solved with emotion, it has to be a, it's solved, right, via a strategy, and that is everyone, like the gospel. It's the church, it is the church. There are many different parts of the body. Bloom where you're planted. Be salt and light where you're planted yeah. because that is how it changes, right? With your children, right? Teach them the right way to love others. Teach them also that it is wrong, mm-hmm. right, to, to not love others because of the color of their skin. If they're African-American or any other, right, it starts there. Yeah.
1: Uh, just one quick thing I wanted to add. Um, so scripture is pretty clear. It says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but the principalities and strongholds, Right. Racism is a stronghold. And when you think about injustice in the grand scheme of Jesus, God, and this whole thing in regards to Christianity, um, specifically, God cared about injustice so much that to satisfy justice, he poured his wrath on his son.
2: Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Like,
1: like, think about that. Yeah. Like, that's such a critical thing to think about. But to even take this conversation even further that we may have not even discussed, for those who are advocating for, you know, Black Lives Matter and things of that nature and, you know, stuff like that, I think what we need to take into consideration is Jesus' design and the plan wasn't only just to implement justice, but also to have reconciliation. Yeah. Like, and I think that's the part that me as an advocator of this movement kind of tends to forget that Jesus doesn't only want Uh, people to be informed he wants people to be transformed and i keep forgetting that like so much because i'm just so charged i just want justice no they need to go to jail no they need to be sentenced for a long time but i think the real the realization that i'm coming to when it comes to this movement is that jesus wants them to be healed
2: and i I would even take that and and you know i would even take that further and not just to be healed right but it says, be transformed. Your mind would be transformed yeah. and re- renewed. renewed. Yeah. Because, and I would even say, it's not even reconciliation, but, you know, restoration. Mm-hmm. Right? And we, I mean, we talk, yeah. restoration of what was God's original intent. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, Right? So be, allow your mind to be truly and your heart to be truly transformed and renewed, right? And that goes, and that's on all sides, yeah. right? Amen, because again, we talk about the hurt and the pain and the trauma, right? There's that, that's gotta be dealt with on, right? On, for so many of African Americans who've been dealing with this, and also, right, the, the prejudice and the racist, you know, mindset of people who just, you know, for whatever reason, have that. It's, 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 we've got to work at that, yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: yeah, we can, it's okay to be activists, but try to be reconcilers at the, yeah. at, the, at, at the same team. That's the key yep. thing, guys. Yep. Um, when it comes to all these charged conversations, stuff like that, let's have a good expected end for our enemies. That's good. Amen. Like that's that's the way Jesus would also look at this situation. Like obviously we want... We want to be transformed. We want to be informed, but we also want to hope for transformation as Amen. well. Amen.
0: And I think, and this is a whole other thing, so I won't go into it, but there, there's got to be a place for anger and frustration. Um, yes. It's talked about in the New Testament, in your anger, do not sin. There's a way to direct that. But I think recognizing what you're talking about, what you're both talking about, is we can't argue people into that. Like that, yes. we, we can have conversations, and we can push people toward Jesus. And obviously, there's activism in that, and there is doing something. But Jesus has got to change the heart, to reconcile people. Yes. And we're not going to argue them into that. And so Amen. what I would say is um, what we're doing as baby steps is we've created a whole site um, that if you go to who we are link on our website, right under there, it'll talk about, or you can just go to the direct link centerpointfl.org slash race. And there's a bunch of resources to start number one with education to begin to listen, to begin to hear. That's something that's been so valuable for me over the last so many years. Those are on that site. There's also an incredible, um, uh, link to Be The Bridge with and a ton of incredible resources. And one of the things we're gonna do very soon is start a Be The Bridge group that's gonna bring a lot of different people together. And so I would just encourage you, you have nothing to lose. If part of this has ticked you off, that's fine. But you have nothing to lose by beginning to engage in learning and having, having a conversation. And the best thing I told, I think you guys, I told you this offline. The best thing that I got this last week was after last weekend, somebody DM'd me. Uh, basically somebody who looked just like me Um, about my age and said, you know, I haven't realized literally until now I've lived my entire life in an echo chamber. Like I listen to everybody who looks like me. We have conversations about race and they're just, they're another middle-aged white guy. And for the first time, I'm beginning to see there's a a whole nother perspective that I've never engaged with before. That's my hope for hundreds, maybe thousands of people. Go to that website. There's also curriculum on how to lead your kids. And what I would say is we're gonna continue to have this conversation. In fact, I'm gonna wind this series up next weekend and we're just gonna talk a little bit about um, for us as a church, what are some things that we can do in this season? And it's not a political thing, it's a Jesus thing. And so um, I know some of you are tired of the conversation. Um, You're really uncomfortable having the conversation, but it's gonna continue to happen. And so what I wanna do is we close and this is what we hope that many will take from this and do maybe right now in their own home, that we're gonna pray together and then um, as our worship team comes in just a second, uh, when they're done the final song, we're gonna flip over to just a a time of prayer for reconciliation and healing. So would you guys just join me? And Jason, I'm gonna have you lead us out in prayer and pray for those who are listening. Um, But if we could just join together and do that and wherever you're at, wherever you're watching this, if you're in your home right now, we'd love uh, for you to just join us and pray with us, so.
2: Father God, Lord, we thank you so much, uh, Father, for this Father, for this venue, Lord God, and for this vehicle, Lord God, that we have, uh, Father, to speak truth, to speak light, Lord God, and be salt and light, uh, Father, to to everyone, to our community, to the nation, and to the world. So, Father, Lord, we just we come together now, Lord, just to say uh, one thank you uh, for your Son. We ask, Lord God, that the words we have spoken today that they would go out and produce fruit, Lord God, for the kingdom, Father, that they would bring about a change, Lord God, in men's hearts. Lord, that they would bring about a change, Lord God, in our society, and our culture, Lord God. And, Father, that, uh, that your Holy Spirit would abound, Lord God, and that this, uh, the injustice of racism, Father, prejudice, Lord God, uh, against, uh, Father, African Americans specifically, Lord, that, Father, it would, it, would, it would cease to exist, Lord God, that your kingdom, Lord God, that your kingdom, Lord, and thy will would be done on, on earth as it is in heaven, as you said. So, Father, we just thank you. Uh, Father, I thank you for uh, this church. Yes, Lord. Lord God, I thank you for, uh, Father, these men today. Lord God, who have stood up here. Father, for the worship team. Father, for all that's happening, Lord, in our church. Father, we thank you for that, that we, could, that we have this opportunity, Lord God, to actually, Father, to actually walk in, in your ways. And Father, actually to, to reach this generation, Lord God, so that the next one, Lord God, would be better. Father, that the next one would see even more progress. So Father, we just we pray for all those folks, Lord, who are continuing to deal with uh, Father just uh, all of the, the injustices that we don't know about Lord and that are happening in the same light, Lord God, all around the country. Father, we pray for the protesters who are out there, Lord, that that as they continue to do that, that it would be peaceful, Lord God, that there would be, we just speak against the enemy, Lord God, right now, that any violence or whatever, Lord, that that would not happen, Lord God. We pray over that. Father, we pray over the police officers, Lord God, right now, Lord, who are, who are protecting and serving, Lord God, and who are also dealing with this, and their families, Lord God. And Father, so we just pray in, 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 over them as well, Lord God. And Father, we just pray over, Father, we pray over, all of the people, Lord, who are who are struggling, Lord God, struggling to find the answer, Father, in their position in all of this. Lord, I just ask that your Holy Spirit, Lord God, would reveal the truth to them, Lord God, and that this would continue to help them, Lord, move closer and walk closer with you, and that they would reach out to their neighbor, that they would love their neighbor, and realize that it just starts with them. Any act of kindness, Lord God, is what we need. So Father, I thank you. We thank you, Lord God, collectively. We praise your name, Lord Jesus, and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message or have been impacted by Center Point Church in any way, would you consider helping us out in one of two ways?